just take a few minutes to briefly consider today's gospel. The Catechism asks us the question, what work did Jesus Christ perform in the course of his public ministry? Answer, in the course of his public ministry, Jesus Christ gave us an example of great virtue, preached the message of salvation, proved the truth of his message through miracles and prophecies, and established the church with its sacrifice and sacraments for the salvation of men until the end of time. Now there's a whole theology course wrapped up in that one short answer, but for now the most basic idea we want to keep in mind is that Christ came to save us. He's our Savior. He came to free us from our sins and to reopen the gates of heaven that have been slammed shut to mankind. Christ came to save us. How did he do that? He established the church, the Catholic Church, with its sacrifices and its salvation, or its salvation, its sacrifice and sacraments for the salvation of men, which will last until the end of time. And of course, in order to prove that he came to save us, among other things, he did miracles. And in today's gospel, we see the first of his public miracles, the water turned into wine at the wedding at Cana. Let's back up and have a quick review to put all this in place. Remember, we've got a problem, and it's a real problem. We shouldn't ever forget it. What's the problem? Was well, inspired in there, and word of God puts it, by nature born children of wrath. We're members of a fallen race. Thanks a lot, Adam. By nature, we don't have the power to get to heaven. By nature, we don't have the power to live the life of heaven. So of our own nature, not only can we not get to heaven, even if we could get there, we couldn't live there of our own nature. What does that mean? Naturally speaking, if we don't get some help, when we die, our souls will do what comes naturally, which is fall. That doesn't matter how we feel about it. It's reality. Doesn't matter what our opinion is, that's reality. You can have an opinion and not believe in the law of gravity. Good luck walking off a cliff. It's the same rule in the spiritual life. This is reality, okay? And naturally speaking, there isn't a thing that any one of us can do about this. Naturally speaking, we're all toast. That's the problem we're in. That's the real situation of mankind. If we just rely on our own powers, we can't get to heaven. In order for our soul to get to heaven when we die, we have to receive powers that are above our nature. They're called supernatural powers. The supernatural power to get to heaven can only come from one source. That's God. And we can only get it in this life. And we know that because he told us. What are we saying? We're saying if we die with this power, with this supernatural power, our soul can get to heaven. And once it gets there, it can live there. If we die without the supernatural power, our soul can't get to heaven. And even if it could, it can't live there. Okay? If we die with the supernatural power, our soul can get to heaven. If we die without it, it can't. Which means it will fall into the pit for all eternity. The great Catholic author Frank Sheet commented that supernatural life is given in this life and what man does with it is the primary story of his life. Everything else 
is incidental, on the fringe of no permanent importance. When we come to die, we are judged by that one question, the answer to that one question, whether we have that supernatural life in our soul. If the answer is yes, then to heaven we shall surely go. For the supernatural life is the power to live the life of heaven. If the answer is no, then we cannot possibly go to heaven. For we could not live there when we got there. If we die with this power, we can go to heaven. If we die without this power, we cannot go to heaven. What's the name of this supernatural power? It's sanctifying grace. Sanctifying grace. Grace means gift, free gift. We remember it's a free gift from God. Now there's more than one kind of grace. We're talking about sanctifying grace. We have actual grace. Actual grace has changed the way we act. That's what's called actual. They give us the supernatural power to do supernaturally good acts. Super, so actual grace supernatural, supernaturalizes the way we behave, the way we act. Sanctifying grace changes the way we are. It changes our being. It sanctifies us. It makes us be holy. That's what sanctifying grace does, is it changes our whole interior, okay? It's a created share in God's own life that he places into our souls to give us this power to live the life of heaven. And when he does that, that makes us holy. It's what St. Peter, our patron, is referring to when he says in 2 Peter 1.4 that we become partakers of the divine nature. That's inspired word of God, partakers of the divine nature. God puts a created share of his own life into a person's soul, and that's what sanctifying grace is. Because of Adam's sin, men fell from grace, and now we're all born without sanctifying grace. And naturally speaking, there isn't a single thing we can do about it. Keeping that in mind, in order to live in heaven, we have to have supernatural life. We have to have that grace. If we have sanctifying grace, we can live the life of heaven. If we don't, we can't. It's pure and simple. It's that basic. It's the most important thing in the universe for each one of us. Do we have sanctifying grace or not? Am I in a state of grace or not? If I die in a state of grace, I'll go to heaven. If I die without it, I can't go. And the other choice is unpleasant, okay? It's a created share in God's own life. Okay, all that by way of review. This is why Christ our Lord became man. He became man. Our Lord himself told us that he came, I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. That's what he means. He came to give us this supernatural life, this sanctifying grace. That's why, he's, that's why he stooped down. I mean, he's God. He doesn't need anything. We need him. He's not in the tabernacle for his benefit. He didn't set up the Catholic Church for his benefit. We don't somehow make him feel good. He's perfect. He doesn't need anything. But he loves us. And he saw us in this terrible mess we're in because of the devil and Adam. And so he stooped down to set this up for our benefit. We're not doing him any favors by being good Catholics. We're doing ourselves a favor, huh? He wants us. He died to help us be good Catholics. But it's like we're doing him a favor. Keep in mind, we're doing ourselves a favor. He died 
make it possible for us to have this supernatural life, okay? That's why he established the Catholic Church. The whole entire purpose of the Catholic Church, every single thing that we're about, is to continue Christ's work through time, which is undoing the damage from Adam's original sin by bestowing or restoring grace to men's souls. Every single thing that a man does when he's acting as a priest is concerned with this one thing, grace. Bestowing it, restoring it, strengthening it, increasing it, huh? Protecting it. That's why we're here. Christ our Lord established seven channels to bring the supernatural life into the world. Seven sources of sanctifying grace. Seven sources that supernatural life flows out into men's souls. Huh? Those are the seven sacraments. And we all know from our catechism, a sacrament is an outward sign instituted by Christ to give grace. That's what a sacrament is. He's God. He could have chose any number of ways of bringing the supernatural life into the world. What did he choose? He chose the passion and death of his son. God could have chosen any number of ways to teach men about this supernatural life, to guide it to him, and to distribute these graces to mankind. What did he choose? He chose the Catholic Church. He could have chosen any number of ways to administer the sacraments. What did he choose? He chose the ministerial priesthood. Men like me who have received this power to administer these sacraments through one of the sacraments, another one of the sacraments, the sacrament of holy orders. But as we've said before, there's one exception to this rule. That ordained priests administer the sacraments. We're not talking about emergency baptisms right now, okay? What is the one exception to that rule that priests administer the sacraments? It's Christian marriage. Christian marriage is a sacrament. It's a sacrament. When Christ our Lord was visibly present on earth, he renewed marriage so that when baptized man and a baptized woman are validly married, that marriage actually becomes a channel of sanctifying grace. And the unique thing about this particular sacrament is that the ministers of the sacrament are not priests. The ministers are not priests. The ministers of the sacrament of marriage are the individual partners in the marriage contract. The man and the wife are actually the ministers of the sacrament of marriage. What are we saying? The minister of the sacrament is a channel of sanctifying grace to the soul to whom he administers the sacrament. The minister of a sacrament is a channel of supernatural life to the soul to whom he ministers that sacrament. So what are we saying? We're saying that in the sacramental marriage, the man and the wife are individual channels of grace, sanctifying grace, supernatural life to each other in the relationship. As someone once pointed out, this means that at the physical level, the first wedding gift to each other is a gift of each to the other. And at the spiritual level, the first wedding gift to each other is sanctifying grace.
sanctifying grace. God has given them each this incredible supernatural power, the power to actually give supernatural life to their partner. In other words, in every sacramental marriage, the husband can honestly say that his wife is a means by which he returns to God. In every sacramental marriage, the wife can honestly say that her husband is a means by which she returns to God. A sacramental marriage is a mutual assistance pact between a man and a woman to help each other to know and love and serve God in this life and to be happy with Him forever in the next. Now this truth, this profound truth that a sacramental marriage is a mutual assistance pact between a man and a woman in which they've given each other the power, they've received the power to actually give supernatural life to each other, this truth has a lot of practical consequences. A lot of practical consequences. As long as both partners are supernaturally alive, in other words, as long as they're both in the state of grace, that means that whenever either of the partners performs his duty in his state of life, he's a channel of grace for the other partner. Now, what are we saying? We're saying that if both partners are supernaturally alive, if they're both in the state of grace, then simple acts like bringing a flower home for the wife or fixing a dripping faucet or oiling a rusty hinge or asking how she's doing or tentatively listening to his wife's concerns are all means for a man to help his wife grow in holiness. These are all means for him to minister sanctifying grace to his wife. If both the man and the woman are in the state of grace, then simple acts like cooking a meal or doing the dishes or cleaning up a vacuuming or attentively listening to her husband's thoughts are all means for a wife to help her husband grow in holiness. They're all means for her to minister sanctifying grace to her spouse. We're saying that sacramental marriage is a holy state. We're saying that as long as both partners are supernaturally alive, as long as they're both in the state of grace, whenever either one of the partners performs the duties of his state of life, he's a channel of grace for the other partner. It's just absolutely incredible, the mercy of God, how easy he can make it for people to help each other grow in holiness. So when we consider the wedding feast at Cana, we can see how much Christ our Lord approves of marriage. How much he loves it. He's so happy to invite the wedding feast that he turned water into wine. Our Lord loves marriage so much that he did his first public miracle at a wedding. He lifted marriage up from the level of nature so he becomes a means of growing in holiness for a baptized man and a woman. A sacrament of marriage is a mutual assistance pact between a man and a woman to help each other to know and love and serve God in this life and to be happy with Him forever in the next. Let's close by turning to Our Lady. After all, we don't want to forget that even though it was before our Lord's time, all it took was a simple comment from her to get Him to do His first miracle. Let's turn to Our Lady let us pray a Hail Mary, asking her to take a special care and interest in each and every one of our married couples. If you'll please kneel down, I'll have to use the microphone because I don't have the voice. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. 
Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. God bless you.